Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. Amen. Well, today we are blessed, a country. I know that we're not perfect. Uh, I know we have some dysfunction and say and maybe all of that, but we still are the greatest nation. If you don't believe me, go to a third world country for just a little while and you'll figure out how blessed we are, how wonderful we have, even in, in the midst of some of our, our cracks, so to speak. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing place to be, and I'm so thankful to be born here. But I'm not going to talk about the history of that today. I'm going to think I'm going to talk about something that's a little more important. And now you're like, well, I don't know how much more important the freedom that we have in this nation is awesome. But the freedom that we have in Christ is life changing. It's the foundation. And if it weren't for that, we wouldn't have what we have as a nation. And so we understand that that's the foundation. And so this is what I want to kind of talk about a little bit today. I'm not going to give you a history lesson. Don't worry, because you wouldn't want me to share the history because I'll make up stuff. But uh, uh, but God is good, and, and we want to talk about how great He is. Now, uh, today, as we look at history, we're going to look at freedom. Um, we're going to look at something a little different. I want to give a better understanding of freedom because I think sometimes uh, in, in our lives we begin to, to have un- misunderstand what freedom means, what it actually means for us, and uh, the real meaning of it. Um, so let's get a better understanding of that. But before we do that, let's, let's open in prayer and just invite Christ into this place today. Father, we love you and we praise you and we thank you for this opportunity to hear from you. God, we know that you have words to speak to us. You are a God that speaks. And so we want to listen. We want to lean in today. We ask, Father, that you would help us to, to lean into you so that we can receive what you have. Now, personally, Father, I ask you that you would disconnect my tongue to my mind and rather connect to your mind, Father. The Father will begin to speak what you want to speak and that our hearts, all of our hearts are ready and fertile to receive your word because it's your word that brings change and we need your change. We need everything that you are. So we ask you this, Father. We thank you that you've given us the opportunity to receive that. And so we just stand for that. Father, we love you and we praise you. So have your way, Holy Spirit, in this place. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. We are going to look at a couple scriptures today. If you have your Bibles or your electronic devices, PT, I think you want your electronic device. I know she uses his phone. Turn to John. We're going to look at John today for just a couple minutes. John chapter 8. While you're turning there, I want to just throw out an idea. First John chapter 8, and we're gonna, as you're turning there, I want to talk about, for us, most often understood, let me say it this way. Freedom is most often understood by the liberty that we have the liberty to do as we please. I think that's kind of the... The, the definition, maybe maybe a worldly, fleshly kind of idea is that, hey, I have the freedom to do what I want. Or the idea, the concept that I'm the most free when I'm the least amount of constrained. 
right? Where, where I have the, less, the least amount of boundaries that I'm the freest. I believe that this is a twist of what God intends for freedom to be. I think that if we're not careful, it will place us in, in a place where we become less about freedom and, and actually find ourselves in more bondage. We'll look at that a little bit and kind of, I know I'm saying some pretty bold things, but in our minds, often we think freedom and commitment are like opposites. That freedom and commitment are totally, completely opposite. Like the less I'm committed to anything or to anyone, the freer I am. The more I can keep my options open, the freer I am. This is the, the misconception, I believe, of freedom. The misunderstanding of what freedom is. But Jesus understands freedom in a bigger place. A, a bigger, a wider, more depth uh, of a kind of a meaning. An actual meaning that brings hope and, and truth and a foundation. And we're going to find it here in John chapter 8. So look to John chapter 8. We're going to look at verse 31. Verse 31 says, if you, say you, that's me, we'll say it again, that's you, that's me. Okay, just making sure we're making it personal. How many know this word is personal? Amen? So you could almost change the word, uh, uh, if you, but it, you, you can change and put your own name there. God wants us to be able to do that. It says, but if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. Indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We've all heard this, right? I'm going to read the, the, a different version, NIV version. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Now, I'm going to read the message translation. Some like it, some don't. I, I appreciate how it, it shares this verse. It says, if you stick with this, Living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourself the truth, and the truth will free you. The foundation of freedom, biblically speaking, is a commitment with Jesus Christ, with Lord of all. That Jesus is saying, if you want freedom, if you want the true freedom, you're most free if you stay in me. Does that make sense? It's opposite to what we would think on the world. But God has directed us in this place and he's given us this promise, this truth. I've said this, I've showed this before, and I think the best example, illustration of that is, is this. Let me grab this. And I know I've, I've showed this before, but it bears repeating. Here we have a kite. Don't make fun of me, it's a Star Wars kite. I may be kind of a nerd that way, that's okay. You still love me. But here we have a kite. Anybody like flying kites? Anyone tell somebody to go fly a kite? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But here we have, we have this kite. And the kite, this is a really thing because I don't know if you've ever watched video or played with kites or whatever. There's just something about when the kite's flying, it's like free, it's free. But the interesting about a kite, and this is what we really believe, is that a kite is only good. Look, watch, if I take this kite and I'm like, go, be free. It doesn't work. The kite only sails or flies only if it's tethered to something. 
when the kite is tied and it's bring resistance and the wind blows it, it's in that that lift happens. So in the same way, when we are free, when we are in Christ, we're free indeed. Does that make sense? So this is what we mean. This is what God says. When he talks about freedom and liberty, he's talking about that if you abide in me, if you stay in me, then you'll get to and you'll 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 fly free like I've intended. What my heart's desire was for you, the moment that I created Adam and Eve, I had a plan. It was to walk with you, hang out with you, to be free, to to subdue the world, to enjoy the great creation. But it was tied on if we would stay in him. And in that same way, this is how a kite works, right? Understand how God's so beautifully arranged that says if we would stay to him, we can soar. I love the thought of soaring. I love the idea of that. I've uh, had the opportunity to skydive. Anybody ever skydive? And some skydiving. There we go. Me and my son. <laughs> By the way, speaking of that, Tanner's home from Texas. And he's got a big group of people he brought from Texas. My son Hunter's back from Minnesota. We have some people from North Dakota. Right, North Dakota? North Dakota. Oh, all over the world. Even Fall Creek, a way nation, way far away. <laughs> but when you skydive, there's something about, it's just, it, it's so much fun. I know some of you are like, uh, uh, we'd never do that. But you understand, there's something freeing about just that floating in the air. And then the thankfulness when the parachute opens. But the parachute only works if it's tied to the strings, the ropes. And it's in that that it's tied that it helps secure me so that I didn't come falling to my death. I was like, thank you, Pastor. That's a great vision. (laughs) The idea is this, that in Christ there's life, but it doesn't mean we just live any old way we want. And the idea, the option, the, the opportunity is that God says, if you tie with me, I've got promises. I've got things for you. That he's a giving good God. He loves us. He's not trying to, to, you know, trying to put us in a box and try to hold Lord over us like he's this. He wants, this says, the windows of heaven, the gates of heaven are open. I want to give you the keys of, of the kingdom of heaven and earth. He has great promise, but it's tied to holding on to the Father, the King, the Lord, our Christ. Amen? It's good news. We've all maybe tried, I don't know everybody's life story, but I know I've tried to do life without that, and I have no guidance. I found myself in difficult situations without hope, without, without opportunity, and, and, and so coming into Christ, we realize, listen, Peter, how many know the story of Peter? He walked on water. Anybody walked on water besides in the winter? Walking on the water, this here Peter is walking on the water, but the only way, the only way, that was miraculous, that was amazing, right? I would think. I've never done it, but it seems pretty amazing. Peter could only do that if he kept his eyes on Jesus. If he stayed tied to that. 
The moment that he released his eyes from that, the moment that he looked at other things in distraction and tried to say, hey, I can do this, I'm all that, and a bag of potato chips, the moment that he tried to do that, he began to sink. Thankfully, we have a God that loves us so much that immediately he reaches out, brings him back up. Now he's tied back with Jesus, and they walk back to the boat on the water. The key was staying with Christ, abiding with Him. You want to feel free, tie yourself to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The truth of the matter is, as we walk in life, we're tying ourselves to something. As we go through life, we're always, we're connecting ourselves to something. Uh, The Bible says it this way, choose this day whom you will serve. It goes on to say, it says, choose your day, life or death. Joshua says, I choose life. I said, yes, that's what I want, life. But it was because it was, he was tied. He was making a decision <clears throat> to be tied to something, and that brought freedom. Somebody say freedom. How many love freedom? Amen. So our freedom, Christ brings freedom, and there are a few things I just listed kind of quickly so we can get an idea of these promises of freedom in Christ. As we abide in him, these are some of the promises. So I just want to, I'm kind of loading you up and getting you excited to convince you to stay in Christ because he's got better than what the other guy brings. Number one, he brings eternal life. John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, eternal life, some translations say. So the promise is, if we stay tied with Christ, we've promised of what happens to us when we leave this life. Now that should be enough. Because that's daunting thought. And God seals the deal and changes the, the worry and the fear. He takes that away by promising eternal life in Him. By staying connected to Him. The second thing He offers is He offers uh, uh, abundant life. So in John chapter 10, verse 10, it says this. It says, for I've come to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. So not only does he bring eternal life, but he brings an abundant life. He also brings, the Bible talks about spiritual dominion. He brings, gives, allows us to have dominion. Now remember, when we were created, when the first man was created, God said it was good. You look at your neighbor and say, you're good. Somebody need to hear that today. Somebody, you need to only talk to your husband or your wife that way. Okay, anyway. But he talks about this dominion. And he says you're good. And so, and, 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 and then sin came, entered in the world. But before that, remember God says, I want you to subdue the world. I want you, I'm going to give you dominion over the world. Jesus came. Adam lost it through sin. Adam and Eve lost it through sin. A, a, a bad choice. He's putting it lightly. But Jesus brought it back, bought it back, dominion. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Hallelujah. I want heaven stuff. Amen? And he says he gives the kingdom. It's only tied through, it's only acceptable or able through him. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. This is the next one. 
It says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we were healed. There's a promise of health and healing being tied to Christ. And lastly, these are not in any particular order, but also he frees us from the law of sin and death. From the conviction of sin and what that brings. He frees us through staying with Christ. It, it re releases the sin and death, the curse, which, by the way, we were all guilty. The Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God, even pastor. Or anyone else you think is really holy. All of us have had to have this decision we've had to make. And, 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 but Jesus, as we tie to him, he frees it that way. And now it says that our sin is as far as the east is from the west. Amen. He washes it clean. And so it frees us from the law of sin, which, which is what he's doing is extending grace. I like grace. I'm, I'm so thankful for grace. Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says... Christ redeemed us from the curse by the law by becoming a curse for us. For it was written, curses everyone who hung on a tree. But again, all of these promises, all of these amazing things, they're contingent on whether or not we would stay tethered to the Savior. That's, that's what brings freedom. So we can soar. Now, I promise you, that's not a bad thing. I promise you that is a good, that's good news. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened. I'm going to give you rest. See, when we're tied, Jesus says, I want you to give all of that heartache, all of that anxiety, all of that fear. Guess what? I want you to give that to me because I want to give you rest. When you tie yourself to me, you're actually freeing yourself, your mind, your will, your emotion. When you do that, all of the things and the distractions of the world, he says, I don't want to take that for you. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a promise. What a gift of grace. Unmerited favor. Did we deserve it? No. Not in our own hearts. Not in our own rights. Not in all our, all our works. Thankfully, God says, yes, they deserve it because they're my kids. And he went and he sent Christ. Do you understand? Even when we were far away, his heart was for us. He's for us, not against us, right? And so he's moving heaven and earth for that purpose. And so his, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Everybody just close your eyes for a moment. And think about that light feeling. That lightness of that burden-free life. God says, I can give you that if you tie yourself to me. Can you picture it? Can you see it? Can you dream about it? Because God wants you to dream about it. He wants you to think about His goodness because that's how good He is. Amen? Amen.
So how do we do this? How do we maintain this freedom in Christ? We've been given it. How do we lock into it? So we will look at some of these things. Look at me, uh, with me, not look at me. <laughs> look with me at Galatians chapter, in fact, don't look at me. No, <laughs> Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. We'll look there. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, it is for freedom. Somebody say freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. It goes on to say, it says this, it says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Stand firm. Let us stand firm then. Do not let. There is something that we can do and it is to not let ourselves go back to the old way. To, if, if I don't want the same result, I'm not going to do the same thing. Right? And so the maintenance thing here is this, simple. Don't do what we used to do. Do what we know God wants us to do. Have you ever, is anyone ever moved from a location, like let's say you lived in a place for a long time, and you moved, and you moved maybe just a few houses or a few streets or maybe just a couple miles away, but you're so used to taking the same route that you forget, and sometimes you go to the old house instead of the new house. Anyone ever done that? I'm the only one? Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's the funniest thing because uh, I, I remember there was a, a time when I moved from one house to another house. And if I were to take the same route, I would never make the, It just didn't connect. And this is what, what God is saying. He's like, listen, I got a new route for you. Don't take the old route. It's not going to take you where you want to be. I've got a better route. It's a new route. It may take some use getting used to. It's different. It's not going to feel familiar at first. But I promise you, it leads to the place you want to be. Right? You see that? And so what I'm saying, it's not, it, it's not a condemnation thing. It's, we're, we're changing. We've changed our name. We're, we're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. I'm not gonna, I sold that old house. I want the new house. I'm going to the new house, the bigger, the better house. And so it's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to not do what I did before. Because the old house was falling apart and I had to get out of there. Let me talk to this crowd. The old house was falling apart and I was like, i got to get out of there. So it was a good thing. So so is with our life with Christ. Walking away from the old way, yeah, it, it's awkward, it's different. It's against our soul, our soulish realm. But we're not lived and we don't rule. We're not ruled by our soulish realm. We're in the Spirit of God. God has deposited the very power of Him in, our, in us. And so now we're a new creation and now I want to be with the new stuff. So I don't want to go back to the old stuff. Now there were some good things about the old house. But there weren't enough good things that I wanted to stay there. I needed to get out of there. And so the same is, don't let the enemy tempt you and try to tell you, oh, that old house was better. It wasn't better. You needed to get out of there. It was falling apart. 
Is anybody getting this analogy? I'm just beating this thing down, aren't I? You understand that we, it's not a bad thing. And God's not like saying, you better turn or you're going to... It's not. He's like, why, why go to the old when i got something greater? That's good news. That's a good thing. That's something to be excited about. That's like, wow, God, thanks. I didn't deserve it and you did it. All I had to do was say yes to you. And you gave me a, and this new body, this new this thing that you, you transfuse your power and might into me. That, it, that when I speak, I can speak life or death. You've given us that, this opportunity. We can lay hands on the sick. All of these promises, that's all the new. Thank you. Wow. I didn't deserve that. He says, you do, because if you're with me, you're my kids. And I want you to have what I have. Because I love my kids. So don't go to the old place. Come to the new place. You see that today? Galatians chapter 4 verse 8 says it this way. It says, For formerly you did not know God when you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Verse 9 of chapter 4, Galatians. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back those weak, to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Do you want to still keep messing with the old pipes? Or do you want the new plumbing of the building? Right? You see it? It's like, what, 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 what are we thinking? I got better for you. It's not a works thing, by the way. This thing is grace. It's, it's a gift from God. It's His mercy. You can't work for it. He didn't ask you to build the house. He just wants you to live in the house that He gives you. He wants you to, to maintain it. Praise God. Work your salvation, right? And grace is, is unearned. So don't think that, you know, we do it that way. Grace is, we're, is His, it's really, grace is really God's flex, love flex. He's flexing His love on us. But His grace. Because the law says you broke it. And I don't care if you did, you know, the smallest one. You're like, oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty awesome. Well, we just broke a law. And the Bible says that if, if, you, if you break one, you break, you break them all. And it's the separator. Again, I, I don't want to tie to the old. I don't want to be push myself out. God didn't say, oh, nope, you're out. He says, why did you walk out? Does that make sense? Because my banner over you is love. Stay in my banner. Stay in my place. I got good for you. Isn't God good? Now, it doesn't mean that we have a free ticket to live any old way we want to. Grace is awesome. Mercy is fantastic. Don't, we don't use, the Bible talks about this, we don't use grace or mercy as a license to sin. I don't take advantage of the fact that my wife loves me even though I'm not always nice. I don't take advantage by like, oh, she's going to have to love me anyway, so I'm just going to keep being mean and ornery. I, I don't have a license for that. She loves me through it, 
but I have a responsibility to not do it. Does that make sense? So in that same way, we don't have a license to sin and just say, oh, it's fine. God's got to love me. He, he, he will. But He has better for you. He wants to love you and embrace you. He wants you to climb up on His lap. He wants to have a relationship with you and enjoy who you are and have conversation with you and all of these things. But He can't because He's holy. Right? He's a holy God and so He, he has this opportunity. In Jude chapter 1, verse 4, it says, For certain men whose condemnation was written about long ago have secretly slipped in among you, and they are godless men who change the grace of God into a license for immorality and deny Christ for only the sovereign Lord. So we don't, want, we, we don't want sin to slip in and try to tell us, oh, we can just live anyway. We have a standard. God has given us a standard. It's good. But the standard is only available through staying tied to him. Amen? So the first thing in maintaining this is, number one, is we're, we're reminding that we're not going to go to the old way. So I'm not doing the old thing. Somebody say, I'm not doing the old thing. I'm only t- staying in the new thing. Amen. Number two is this, is to live by the Spirit. Now let me say it this way, to not live in the rut of the old man, but to live in the new spirit that God has given you. To live by the Spirit. What does that mean? To live by the Spirit means to live in His presence. Let me say it this way. I was always the best I could be, behavior-wise, when I was standing in the midst of my mama. When I stepped outside of mama, yeah, I call my mama mama. It's okay. When I step out of that, that's when I got a little snarky. Is that a word? Back from the 40s, maybe. I don't know. But, but the idea is this. The more we are living by the Spirit, we live by the Spirit by staying in His presence. It comes, it's hand in hand. When you live in His presence, you live by the Spirit. When you live by the Spirit, you're in His presence. Do you see that? God hasn't left us. He hasn't left us alone to live this life in our own strength, praise God. He's given us He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us an opportunity to live by the Spirit. He's He's deposited. Uh, he lives in us. To live without Him is actually it would be impossible. God never intended for us to live without Him. But God's power can do the impossible. And we have, we have what would seem in the natural impossible task to walk this world, to share the gospel. At times it seems impossible. To overcome the mind sometimes seems impossible. To overcome the flesh sometimes seems impossible. But God said all things are possible with me. But it's only possible if we stay in him. You're not going to do it by yourself. We don't have enough willpower in this world. But we have the power of God, which is way greater. Because the will is natural. Holy Spirit is supernatural. And I need a supernatural equipment for the supernatural task at hand. Does that make sense? 
live by the Spirit, God can do it. And that's what He enables us to do as we live this Christian life. Receiving Him is receiving freedom. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, and we'll end with this scripture. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25 says this. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep step with the Spirit. You see, did I just say that? We live in the, by the Spirit, we'll stay in step or in His presence. Does that make sense? So, so Paul is saying, he's reminding us to live by the Spirit. Keep in step with the Spirit. It sounds mysterious and it sounds crazy, but it is, it is God that does it. He's given us this gift, this opportunity. He's given us this thing, it's called relationship. It's a lot easier to get to know somebody if we spend time with that somebody. It's easier to understand them and not get misunderstood or misunderstand them if I don't spend time with them. Does that make sense? Texting is, uh, you know, texting is horrible like that. Sometimes you can't put your voice inflection in a text. And what you think you said something really nice comes off to someone else as they read it as ornery. And now it's all blown out of proportion because there's no relation. There's nothing personal there. It's just text. It's just words. There's no emotion that's able to be to 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 be given on that text. Does that make sense? When that in that same way, understand that as we spend relationship. See, if we don't have relationship, we only think about the things we heard about God rather than the, who God really is. And so, if we start reading text without that relationship, we misunderstand some scripture. The heart of who God is. The heart of God that says, "I'm going to move heaven and earth. I'm going to send my Son for you and." For, for anyone that would call on my name, that kind of God that loves us. He's sovereign. He's mighty. I'm not distracting from that. Don't, don't, he, you know, he's powerful. Don't mess with him that way. But he chooses in his sovereignty to also be a father God, uh, an Abba Daddy, as we sang before. See, when I stay with, when I stay with those that love me, they're going to help protect me. When I stay with those that, that I, I love, I'm going to help protect them. And it becomes reciprocal. You see that? And that's what relationship is. That's the difference between relationship and a non-relationship. Or a healthy relationship versus a dysfunctional relationship. God doesn't want you to have dysfunctional relationships. He didn't send Christ for that. He sent Christ to give you the loving kind of relationship that says, I'm going to send my only son for you. It comes through being tied with him, holding on to him so that we can soar like that kite. Otherwise, we're like the kite right now. We'll find ourselves just doing nothing, not fulfilling the purpose that God intended for us to do. It says in Colossians chapter 3, it says this, it says, since we have been, set, since we have been raised with Christ, let us set our hearts and minds on things above. Let us tether ourselves to him so we can soar above. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's stand to our feet on that note. How many are thankful for God's kind of freedom? Amen.
I do want to remind you of this. There are some, and there is a time when we, when we start to learn and start to dive into some of these things, the enemy will try to come in and bring condemnation. Oh man, he's talking, I'm t- he knows what I did last week, he knows this, he, whatever he does. You know what, God does know those things. But he only loves you more as he sees you walking away. He so desperately, think about it this way, you see something you love running towards the highway, you're like, no, come back. Because your heart yearns for that loved one or that pet or whatever it is that's happening. You're like, no. Don't let the enemy lie to you. And like God's like, get out of here. God's saying, no, come here to me. Draw yourself to me. I love you. I want you to spend time with me. I want you to climb into my lap. I want you to be embraced by me. That's what Jesus, why I sent my son for that very purpose. That you would climb into my lap and say, Abba, Daddy, I need your help. He's like, ah, oh, finally, they're coming and I'm so excited. That's the God we serve. I promise you that is God. That's who he is. That's what Jesus brings. That new covenant, that new promise. Stay tied to the covenant. Stay tied to that thing. And let God show you how, just how high you can soar. I promise you. You can read heights and see things change like you've never seen before in a moment. Because with God, He can move in a moment. If you'll give Him that opportunity, if you'll say yes to Him, He'll come in like a flood. And change your life radically. I need that. We need that. If we're going to do what we're supposed to do out there, we got to have everything He has in here. And I need to walk it out day by day. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.